Welcome to today's video conference on electric vehicles, um, lithium, nickel, and the countries and companies that supply all this. We're going to be doing an update on EVs. I just did a blog on it. I'll be giving you all that information. And we will be getting started momentarily. So again, welcome and thank you for joining me for my EV lithium nickel video conference today. This is Natalie Pace, your hostess, and you can see me at nataliepace.com or you can communicate with me across all social media. All of my links are on the homepage at nataliepace.com. And you can also reach out at info at nataliepace.com. There may be some uh, you know, links to blogs, a stock report card or two that you wanna look at more closely. So feel free to email us at info at nataliepace.com. But the reason for this teleconference uh, or this video conference today is to discuss beyond Tesla. Look, you probably know that electric vehicles are the hottest growing thing, and you know that you see Teslas everywhere, so you might think, oh, well, I'll just invest in Tesla. But China is actually the largest EV market. And how well does Tesla do there? Or does maybe even GM or Ford do well there, right? So let's dig in and let's look at some of the data and see if perhaps there's another company that might actually be trading for a better price and um, or even a lithium mining company, or maybe even countries that are producing this raw material that can uh, be interesting to invest in. So we'll be looking at all that today. It's a lot to unpack, stick with me, but let's get started with a chart. So first of all, this is the um, EV. As you can see, they were almost non-existent in sales in 2015. This year, they're expected to hit uh, about 18%, and they could even hit about 25% over the next uh, few years. Now, what I've done is that there's three companies that I follow a lot, and that is Tesla, Xpeng, and Neo. So what I do is once they do their car deliveries, I go ahead and update what I call our math charts. So here's the math charts on those three companies. We'll start with Tesla. So Tesla's deliveries came in really strong, but the reason that their net income and revenue is not going to be, you know, 83% is that they cut prices in order to compete in China. So their net revenue is actually only projected to be up 20%. That's still great, especially in today's world. Now, by comparison, this is NEO. And as you can see here, NEO was up modestly, although from May to June, NEO was up 75% in deliverables. So there's a big trend, uh, a momentum going on with NEO that we're going to talk about in a moment. So, um, you know, their revenue projections are expected to be pretty modest and maybe even less, again, because there's been a price war going on in China. And then we have Xpeng, which is expected to have miserable 2Q, but actually could look a lot better going forward. So why is that the case? Well, 
Here's something that was reported. And again, I'm using a Chinese website because um, I don't read Chinese, so I can't go to their actual data point. I mean, I do do that, but I didn't have enough time before this uh, meeting to do the translations. So um, BYD is by far the top seller of electric vehicles in China, followed by Tesla, but Neo and Xpeng and Li Auto are definitely in the top as well. And as you can see, the forward momentum here on Xpeng was 15% increase, and that's higher than both BYD, Tesla, um, and of course, Neo was the one that was the real superstar. So what's going on there? Well, if you go back to my uh, chart, I mean, my blog on electric vehicles, which was just a couple of weeks ago. And again, you know, email info at nataliepace.com if you can't find this. What you'll see is that I was talking about that. There's a passenger NEV uh, wholesale sales for May. Um, we can look again for, again, June didn't change a whole lot, although we did see increases in NEO massively. So that probably moved up. So, um, you can learn a lot more about what's going on with NEO and uh, XPeng in this blog, but basically they have new launches that are coming out that came out at the end of June or are coming out in July that are really expected to compete not only in China, but they're also selling in Europe as well. So um, even though the earnings reports for NEO and XPeng are not gonna look that spectacular when they come out. And these guys report a little bit later that NEO is gonna be probably September 9th-ish, XPeng is probably August 24th, whereas Tesla is gonna report July 19th. But when they report, all eyes are gonna be on the forward outlook and all eyes between now and then are gonna be on the deliveries. And as we're seeing, the deliveries are starting to look exciting and that is even before the official grand launches of these new models that they think are supposed to be taking things by storm. Um, the Neo car actually got car of the year in uh, Sweden. So these are exciting launches to be looking for. So these are things, and again, when we look at the um, prices, you know, Tesla is a very lofty price. Now, both Neo and Xpeng don't have price earnings ratios because they're still cash negative. They're much younger than Tesla, but the price to sales on these are very, very low, much, much lower than Tesla. So this could be something to consider. Now I wanna take you over to lithium because 80% of lithium is used for EV batteries. So we're gonna talk about lithium and let me take you through a few of the data points first and then I'll put up the lithium manufacturer's stock report card. So 80% of lithium that's being manufactured right now is used for electric vehicles. The demand is hot, but prices are down by half since November of 2022. Now they are expected to increase in, by about 44% this year from where they are now, so that's good. So what that means is that the next earnings reports of the lithium manufacturers might not be fantastic, but we will get better reports as the year progresses. Um, as an example, one of the larger ones, Albemarle, which we'll be looking at 
was saying that they expect revenue increases about 33 to 35% this year. And that their EBITDA, their adjusted EBITDA may actually be lower. And that's got to do with inventory. So there was a buildup of inventory. So um, everything is expected to increase in prices and for lithium until because, and that's because demand is expected to be about 3% above supply. So that's gonna keep the prices elevated, expected to do so until maybe 2027. And then by 2028, the prices could come down again below where they are today. So let's look real quickly at the company's stock report card. And then I will show you um, a couple of countries that might be interesting. So here's the lithium stock report card. So as you can see here, the year-over-year -year sales growth for most of these companies, and Rio Tinto is a diversified company, so it also has copper and steel and, um, and uh, gold. And so, you know, it's maybe because silver prices have been so low or there's been something else in there. So it's not a pure lithium play. Lithium Americas is still in development, and that's why it doesn't have year-over-year -year sales growth because it doesn't have any sales yet. So Albemarle is clearly one of the rock stars and then followed by Livent and SQM, which is based out of Chile, had the least impressive year over year sales growth. All of them have really strong profit margins and Albemarle's um, you know, price earnings ratio compared to the year over year sales growth is spectacular. But remember that they're revenue guidance is that their year-over-year -year sales growth on an annualized basis might be more like 35%, not this spectacular thing that we saw in the last quarter. Um, the year-over-year -year comparables were probably helping that quite a, quite a bit. And that won't be the case going forward definitely in the next quarter, but should start to get better towards the second half of the year. Now, so that might be something to think about, especially, uh, you know, you, you never know if Albemarle is going to get hit if, because they have a bad earnings report or not as an impressive of one. So that might be something to put on your stock report card. Um, it's, it's, you know, with the price earnings ratio is pretty low, but it does have, um, you know, it, it is trading pretty close. No, well, actually it is down a little bit from its five-year high. And that's probably within this year that it was trading at 334. So um, this is something to think about, but there's another way to do this rather than just trying to pick and choose and, and hope that you pick the winner and hope that you buy it for a good price. iShares offers an IDRV uh, you know, uh, fund. So it's called iDrive, and it's basically um, electric vehicles and self-driving technology. So that might be an interesting thing play to do because it's actually going to also get you exposure to BYD, which is not traded publicly in the United States. So it's much easier to get exposure to the top selling car in China through IDRV than any other means. Of course, you could buy BYD off the boards if you so desired. But there's also another way to play this. Now I wanna show you the top countries that produce um, lithium. 
So let me take you over to that page. So here you can see that the countries with the most reserves are Chile, Australia, Argentina, China, and actually the US. And we've just started doing some lithium production. Um, I may talk about this a little bit more later, but I also wanna say there are a, a lot of companies that one of the fastest growing industries is actually recycling uh, lithium ion batteries and recovering 95 to 98% of the elements, including nickel, copper, and lithium. So there is a robust resale market. In fact, one of them, Redwood Materials, which is not publicly traded yet, is founded by J.B. Straub, who was a co-founder of Tesla. So you know he has a relationship with Tesla. So um, that's another thing too, is that in the US, which is one of the top markets, I'm sure China is gonna try to do this if they aren't already doing it as well to recycle their batteries and recover the elements. But we also have pretty good reserves here in the US and there is development. And honestly, that Lithium America is the one on the stock report card that doesn't yet have um, any sales that is one that has some of those uh, projects in the US. And they have a deal with General Motors on that project, because as you probably are aware, General Motors wants to go all electric as well. So these are things to think about because look here, you're seeing that Chile, Australia are really high, uh, way above everybody else, right? Um, Argentina in, and um, Argentina being number three. So should you invest in Chile and or Australia? Well, there's a little thing that's going on in Chile and it is called the National Lithium Strategy. So they want to have public-private partnerships. They want to nationalize at least a piece of the lithium um, industry. Now, that is going to impact SQM, which is a Chilean-based company, more at this moment than Albemarle. Albemarle has uh, Chilean projects as well, but their land lease is until 2043, and the ministry at the government of Chile said they would honor that. Uh, SQM is currently in discussions with the feds at Chile because their land lease is only good until 2030. So this is something to, to be aware of, right? When you're thinking about which countries you might want to invest in or which companies you might want to invest in is sadly Chile and also Chile is expected to have a recession this year. So even though it's got the most reserves and it does have a plan to not completely nationalize companies, but work in partnership with them, um, this could be something that will impact the revenue and profits of any company with large holdings and certainly one like SQM that is um, gonna have to negotiate their lease sooner rather than later. Let me see if there's anything else on my notes for lithium before we move on to nickel. So keep Australia and the US in your, in your sites as we move over to nickel, all right? I'm gonna go ahead and share with you on that. So nickel is another one where uh, the prices were um, significantly higher in November of 2021. They were about 43,000 a ton. They're now about 22,000 a ton. 
So it's much, much lower and they're expected to hold steady there um, this year. And the reason for that, even though there's such high demand is that we're actually seeing a nickel surplus. And this has to do with Indonesia just producing like mad. And Indonesia is the number one nickel producer in the world. So we're gonna take a look at some of these countries because Indonesia is number one in production and tied for reserves. Australia has the same amount of reserves as um, Indonesia and will become a major nickel producer going forward. So let's take a look at these countries and see how they're looking for GDP growth and whether or not we should think about maybe adding them to further diversify our portfolio. So here I've got the IMS GDP outlook. And as you can see here, Australia is not expected to do anything spectacular this year, but it has, it has a lot of nickel and it has a lot of lithium and other natural resources, including copper. So Australia could be one to watch going forward. Indonesia is expected to grow at one of the most robust um, GDP rates in the world. So these are ones that you might think about adding to diversify your portfolio at our retreats. We're actually um, encouraging people to consider some of these other countries, especially for value replacements. Over half of the S&P 500 in the United States is at or near junk bond status. There's a lot of leverage, there's a lot of debt going on. Uh, some of these other countries, they're lower risk with higher yield. So as an example, the Australia ETF that's um, offered by iShares was yielding on average about 5%. Five, 5%. Same thing with Peru, which is the number one copper producer and is expected to grow this year rather than contract like Chile is. So let's take a quick look so you can see that on the IMF expectations. So as you can see here, um, Chile is expected to um, contract by 1% whereas Peru is expected to grow by 2.4%. It has a lot to do with Chile's move to nationalize a lot of its natural resources. So um, we also have one other country that we feature at our retreat. Um, it's not, you know, it, it's got other assets going for it, not EVs. So um, I do encourage you to consider joining us at our next retreat. It is October 7th through the 9th. It's online, so you can attend anywhere. You don't have any travel or lodging costs. And actually, it's much more affordable than our in-person retreats because we save money. We pass that along to you. And even better, we now have the early bird pricing period that you guys could consider. So let me show you. Just go to nataliepace.com, scroll down, click on the financial empowerment retreat, and you'll get lots of information, testimonials, what you're gonna learn, what the prices are. But one of the most important things to consider is that our early bird pricing is going to end July 31st. So if you're interested, check it out now so that you can save yourself a couple hundred dollars. And if you would like to bring a family member or a friend, then uh, we give you a really great price for the guest rate on them. It's much lower. So the second person gets a really great price. 
So again, thank you for joining me for our electric vehicle nickel and lithium update. I already have an electric vehicle blog. Go to nataliepace.com forward slash blog. And then just search for uh, Tesla and you'll hit it right off the bat or email info at nataliepace.com. We're happy to send you the link. I will be updating um, another blog on lithium and that should post within the next 48 hours. So be sure to check back. Now, also, if you join me on social media or if you're not on social media, all you have to do is just um, look at our page. I have a, although you're gonna have to be able to decipher the pictures, right? Sometimes I put provocative pictures because for instance, the Justin Bieber was about NFTs and how they've lost 95% of their value and ways you can um, you know, evaluate these alternative investments before you do that. This one is, um, again, all you have to do is click on it and it'll take you right over to my Instagram post. So if you're not on social and you just wanna browse, then look at my Instagram feed that I put on my homepage. But you can also join me at Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, LinkedIn. You can listen back to my podcast. I have an Apple podcast and a Spotify. And of course, youtube.com forward slash Natalie Pace to watch this back. So we would love to see you in October for our online investor empowerment retreat. Remember that, um, you know, stocks are high right now and this is really great. And in fact, we're probably gonna have a reasonable, not spectacular um, GDP report on uh, at the end of July for our second quarter advance. But we're expected to start experiencing more weakness as the year progresses. We should see what they're calling a mild recession. Um, it's, rare, it's very rare that economists ever even say there should be a recession, but of course they have to call it mild. So we'll see. I mean, there's certainly more uh, leverage and debt and concerns in the background than a lot of Main Street is aware of. Um, so I would say right now, what's a really good idea is to batten down the hatches a little bit. Make sure that you're keeping a percent equal to your age safe. Make sure, we're actually overweighting 20% safe on our sample pie charts. Also, you need to know what's safe in a world where bonds, long-term government bonds, lost more than the S&P 500 in 2022. They're at the heart of all the bank failures we've seen. So this is something that many people have in their portfolio. So it's a really good idea for you to know exactly what you own and why and I would do that sooner rather than later. You want to be ahead of the headlines. You want to fix the roof while the sun is still shining. If you wait for the headlines, it's too late to protect yourself. Many of us can't remember what that felt like. But if you can hearken back to the Great Recession, or even those of us that are you know, a little bit more mature adults, hearken back to the dot-com recession, you'll know that you definitely want to be ahead of the headlines. Because by the time they announce that we're actually in a recession, the markets have usually dropped 45 to 55% already. So really important to um, know what you own and why, especially since the safe side is losing money, because typically that's supposed to hold value and earn a yield. And now it's negative yielding, Ill illiquid and losing money. Big problem. So, um, you might say, well, gosh, what can I do about this? Should I ask my financial planner? What I would say is this, if you were worried about your physical health, you would get a second opinion. 
And if you really are worried about the risk in today's world, or that you might have experienced losses and you should have been better protected, why not get a second opinion? Mine is unbiased. I don't sell financial products. I sell financial wisdom and systems that work in bull and bear markets. So I would be happy through my private coaching program to offer you a second opinion, unbiased, on your current wealth plan. We tell you exactly what you own. We put it in an easy to understand pie chart. We show you a pie chart that would look better. And um, it's up to you to to, uh, decide whether or not you want to make the changes. But you'll have a step-by-step plan of what you can do to better protect your wealth. All right. Thank you again for joining me. I look forward to seeing you next time. Again, I do these free video conferences at least once a month and oftentimes twice. So be sure to check out youtube.com forward slash Natalie Pace. Subscribe there so you don't miss any of it. You might also want to subscribe to me on my Substack. It's just Substack Natalie Pace. Thanks again. I'll see you soon and have a lovely summer.